you are listening to By the Book. Because if you don't look at the world through the Bible, you will never see it right. This is Alan Griffith. Welcome to episode 76 of By the Book. I'm glad you're with us. We've been talking about hearing from God, talking about God communicating with us. And we got into it because there's so much confusion today. Uh, people want to hear from God, but they, they want to hear some specific message from a vision or God speaking to them uh, openly and orally, or they want to listen to some prophet or whatever it might be. And we've been trying to emphasize this. God speaks through his word. God speaks through his word. If you want the clear, timeless truth of God, you want to know what God wants in your life. You want to know what God is doing in the world. You're going to get that message through the Bible, the wonderful, eternal word of God. And the message of God is complete. There's no more messages coming from God, no new revelation coming from God. It's all in the book. It's all in the Bible. Uh, Even how to live, it's all in the Bible. Our challenge is to learn what the Bible says, to believe it, to claim it, to live by it. When you do, you'll know that you're doing what God wants you to do. Now, let's take a little different look at things. God speaks through his word, but without a doubt, as the Bible says, God leads by his spirit. God will lead us by the working of his Holy Spirit. Romans chapter 8 and verse 14 says this, as many as are led by the spirit of God, they are the sons of God. A part of the evidence that we belong to God is the fact that the Spirit of God leads us. Our challenge is to answer the question, how does God lead us? How does the Holy Spirit lead us? Listen to Philippians 2.13. What a great text, worthy of our consideration, and certainly it brings praise from us to God, because listen to what it says, Philippians 2.13. For it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. That's a great text. I love that text. I fall back on that text. I hope you do too. God works in us. I know that I'm saved. And when I'm saved, the Bible tells me that the Holy Spirit of God enters into us. We belong to God. And then we are told that the God to whom we belong works in us. And he works in us in at least two ways by this verse. He works in us both to will and to do of his good pleasure. I hope that's what you want in your life. 
I hope you're saying, yeah, I don't want to just do whatever I want to do. I want to find out what God wants me to do. And so the text says, well, God is going to work in you both to will. That term to will means to desire. God is going to work in us to desire his good pleasure. And I want that. I don't want to go my own way. I desire his good pleasure. Lord, show me what you want me to do. Show me how to live. And then the verse says that God also works in us to do of his good pleasure. And that carries the idea of enabling us to perform it. What more could we ask for? God says, I'm going to work in you to give you the desire for my good pleasure, and then I'm going to work in you to enable you to do what I want you to do. Boy, that's wonderful truth. Now, people would like God to speak very directly, very personally. He he does in some ways. We're going to get to that. But I want you to be careful of this because I've I've had people make this kind of statement to me. Well, God told me, and right there, be careful. But something like this, God told me to drive down to the next McDonald's to pull in, go in and get coffee, or there would be somebody there that I'm supposed to witness to. And would you be careful of that? Would you be careful of that? Now, it might be good if you and I pulled into every McDonald's and don't get coffee all the time, but find somebody to witness to. That would be good. I think that would please God. But this idea, well, God personally told me this morning, I was actually on my way somewhere else, and then all of a sudden God told me, no, I want you to turn here. I want you to go there. Would you be careful of that? Let's talk about how God works in us, how the Spirit of God works to lead us. Remember again, when you get saved, the Spirit of God enters into us. He indwells us, and he indwells us for the purpose of working in us. So you get saved, doesn't matter what your life has been, now the Spirit of God enters in, and he is going to do a work in us And a part of that is if we will allow him to do that work, he'll do great things in us. Ephesians chapter 5 gives us an interesting challenge. I'm going to read it to you. It's talking about being filled with the Holy Spirit. And that term filled means to be controlled by the Holy Spirit. And the challenge is written in the passive voice, which means it's something that I'm supposed to allow the Spirit of God to do. You see, the Spirit of God wants to work in us. He wants to guide us. He wants to lead us, but we have to let him do it. So let's get that in our mind, first of all. So Ephesians 5 and verse 18, here's what it says. Be not drunk with wine wherein is excess. Now, why does Paul start with that? Well, he starts with that, not because just that he's concerned about people not being drunk, but when you're drunk, 
and I never have been, but I know plenty of people who have been, when you are drunk, you act quite differently than you would if you weren't drunk. Uh, The wine, the alcoholic beverage, is going to possibly take control of you. And again, you'll be saying things you wouldn't otherwise say, doing things you wouldn't otherwise do. You are under the control of the alcohol. Well, Paul is using that to parallel the filling of the Holy Spirit. Because when you and I are filled by the Holy Spirit, we will be controlled by the Holy Spirit, and we will say things we wouldn't otherwise say and do things we wouldn't otherwise do and maybe go places we would not otherwise go, but we will do that because we are under the control of the Spirit of God. Now, that's how God wants me to live. That's how God wants you to live. And so, Verse 18, be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled, passive, allow yourself to be filled with the Spirit. Now, you talk about that making you do things you wouldn't otherwise do, etc. Listen to the further explanation that Paul's going to give beginning in verse 19. This is all one sentence, by the way, verse 18, 19, 20, and 21, all one sentence that Paul is giving to us about being filled or under the control of the Holy Spirit. I'll start again in verse 18. And be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled or allow yourself to be filled or controlled by the Spirit. Then verse 19 goes on. Speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. Now, you might not be able to sing very well. Nobody's going to ask you to sing a solo, perhaps, in church. But this is a singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. Now, that's what happens when you are under the control of the Spirit of God. It changes you inside, and there is a a joy in you, and you are just living to thank and praise God. Verse 20 goes on giving thanks always for all things unto God. You think that's normal? That's not normal in my life, not normal in your life to give thanks for all things. We're pretty good at giving thanks for the good things, the nice things, the positive things. We are not so good at giving thanks for all things. And I tell you, it'll take the power and working of the Holy Spirit in us to make us give thanks for all things, giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And then verse 21, submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. That's a challenge of taking willfulness and selfishness out of life, and we are looking to submit to one another not necessarily my way, but let's find out our way, and so on. So there's there's a challenge, an opening challenge, with regard to the working, the, the filling of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And that's how God wants us to live. And I want you to know that that is what puts us in a place where the Spirit of God can more freely guide Uh, guide 
and direct us. Now, let's just jump over. If by chance you opened your Bible when I mentioned Ephesians 5, just jump across backwards to Ephesians 4, and let me remind you of this warning in Ephesians 4 and verse 30, because this this gets in the way of God directing us. This gets in the way of the Spirit of God uh, leading us. Ephesians 4, verse 30, and grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby ye are sealed unto the day of redemption. And then he goes on and says, let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. I think we might have talked about this last week. And be ye kind one to another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. So we want to hear from God. We want to be guided by God. We want to be led by the Spirit of God. It is God who, if we will let him, will be working in us to desire and to do of his good pleasure. And all of a sudden, here's a warning. Grieve not the Holy Spirit of God. Don't get in the way of the working of the Spirit of God in your life. Well, how do you do that? How do you get in the way? How do you stop God from doing what he might want to do in directing your path? Well, the way you do it is by having this kind of sin in your life. That's why Paul says you have to get rid of the bitterness and the wrath and the anger and the clamor and the evil speaking and the malice. Oh, I want God to lead me. I want God to direct me. I want God to speak to me. Listen, God doesn't have a message for you if you're in this condition of bitterness and anger and whatever. His only message for you is get out of that sin. You're indwelt by the Spirit of God if you're saved, but if you are grieving the Holy Spirit, believe me, he is not in control of your life. And so do you want to hear from God? You want to be guided by God? How about 1 Thessalonians 5:19? Another warning. The warning there is quench not the spirit. Now one of the things the spirit of God does in trying to lead us and direct us is to convict us to convince us, to bring pressure on us, our heart, our mind, the aspects of our, all the aspects of our soul. God tries to convict us. And you know what? Sometimes we're not willing to listen. We talk about desiring that God would lead us and God would direct us. I want to hear from God. I want God to tell me what to do. And then God, using the word of God, you might be hearing it in preaching, you might be reading it, you might be remembering it, and God is trying to deal with you and you are refusing to hear from him. You are quenching, you are quenching the spirit of God. So you're not going to hear anything from God. You're not going to get any direction from God until you open your heart to the Word of God, because that's how the Spirit of God works. 
The Holy Spirit works through the Word of God to bring conviction to us, to show us what He wants us to do. And if we are in sin and we are quenching, we're not willing to hear, then you're not going to hear from God. Now, God, as a part of His work, so that He can lead us and direct us, the Spirit of God is in us, as we said. And he is seeking to bring about a total change in our character. How does he do that? Well, he does it by producing in us what Paul called in Galatians 5, the fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit. Now, when you're saved, when I got saved, you and I were still stuck with this thing called the flesh. There is in us what's called the old nature. It is a proneness to sin. And you have that in you, and I have that in me. And if we yield to the flesh, we will continue to do all kinds of things wrong. We certainly won't be walking with God. But the Spirit of God lives in me, and my challenge is to walk in the Spirit. How do I walk in the Spirit? Well, I allow Him to fill me. I allow Him to control me. I do not grieve Him with my sin. I do not quench Him by refusing His conviction. My life is open to Him, and when I'm walking in the Spirit, Galatians 5 tells me, I will not fulfill the desires of the flesh. Remember, God works in us both to will, to desire his good pleasure. The flesh, the wickedness within us is working so that we would fulfill the pleasures of sin. So the Spirit of God is in me. That old nature is still there, but the Spirit of God is in me, and he is seeking to do a work of transformation. And that work of transformation is referred to as the fruit of the Spirit. There are elements or aspects of that fruit. In other words, this is what God is trying to produce in us. And listen, when God can produce these things in us, then he can lead us, he can nudge us, he can direct us in the right way. Listen to it from Galatians chapter 5, beginning in verse 22. He says this, But the fruit of the Spirit is, here it is, love. Love. Love and all that love entails. Love as God designed it. Love of putting value on God so I would sacrifice for him, love that I would put value on people and sacrifice for them. And the Spirit of God says, I want to work in your life. I want to direct your life. And the first thing I want to do is produce this love in you so that you will properly value God and properly value people and be willing to sacrifice for them. And when you are there, don't worry. I'll lead you. I'll show you. 
I'll speak to you through the word and make it very personal. There's more fruit of the Spirit. Joy. Our pastor recently spoke on the difference between joy and happiness. Happiness is basically when everything is going well, you and I can be happy. Joy is so much deeper than that. My joy in the Lord is what can carry me through the heartaches and and troubles and trials of life. I might not be fully happy on the outside. Maybe there's sickness. Maybe there's not enough money. Maybe something else is going on. So I'm not very happy at the moment. But underneath is a sustaining joy that will carry me through those external difficulties. That comes from the Holy Spirit. You think that won't affect the way we live and what we do and what choices we make? And then the fruit of the Spirit is peace. Peace. When you get saved, you immediately have peace with God because until we are saved, we are the enemies of God. Most people don't understand that. If you talk to an unsaved person about it, they would say, oh, I'm not the enemy of God, but you know something? You and I were enemies of God before we got saved, and uh, if you are not saved yet, you are the enemy of God. When you get saved, you immediately have peace with God. You are reconciled to God. What wonderful peace that is. But then you know there's another peace that God has for us. That's the peace of God. That's described in Philippians chapter 4 as a peace that passes understanding. Now, I want to tell you why that's important. Many times you and I are trying to make decisions in life. Here's an opportunity here. Here's another one over here. I'm not sure what to do. Where should I go? And on it goes, the battle, the, the strife within sometimes. And then God says, but listen, I can give you peace. You're not sure what to do. You're not sure what choice to make. You're in turmoil. God says, my spirit who lives inside of you can produce in you peace. I'll tell you many times in my life, I've seen opportunities, I've seen options and have not known what to do. And and that which finally made the difference was peace. Paul wrote in Colossians, let the peace of God rule in your heart. And that term rule speaks of of an umpire. The umpire makes the call. Let the peace of God be the umpire. Should I do this? Should I do that? Lord, I need peace. How do I get that peace? The Spirit of God is in me. The Spirit of God is working in me. The Spirit of God is seeking to transform me. And the Spirit of God can give me peace. And often that is the deciding factor in a situation. Many times I've told folks, if you have two things, you know, you're trying to choose and you can't get peace. Well, don't make a move until you get it. Don't make a move until you get it. And if it's one of those things where I have to choose right now, then you go back and consider 
everything involved. You consider circumstances, you consider what the Word of God says, you consider the counsel you might get, you consider all the information you might get, and that you still are then begging God for that peace, and you'll have to make the best decision you can. But here's the thing. God will then, he'll give you a desire for one or the other. Okay, then I'm going to choose this one. Well, if you're right with God, he's working in you to desire and to do of his good pleasure. And then the fruit of the Spirit goes on. Long-suffering and gentleness and goodness and faith and meekness and temperance. All of these things being brought about in us, being formed in us by the power of this in dwelling spirit of God who is in me to guide me and to lead me as many as are led by the spirit of God they are the sons of God God doesn't want to leave us hanging out there but also God is not going to yell down directions from heaven and that's what some people want that's why they go to the fortune teller, whatever it might be. They think, oh, I'm going to go and I'm going to get a direct answer from God from this fortune teller or this lucky number or this tarot card reading or whatever it might be. And it's not there. No, God is in you. The Spirit of God is in you if you're saved. He's working to guide and to direct and to give you the right desires, to help you make the right decisions. Romans 8.16, this is really a, a statement about salvation, but it's precious because it, it speaks of the personal work of the Holy Spirit in us. When Paul said that the Spirit of God, listen, bears witness with my spirit that I am uh, the child of God, that we're the children of God. So the Spirit of God in me when I get saved can personally minister to me. But again, he's not speaking out loud, but he's bearing witness with my spirit. He is giving that peace to the innermost part of my being that I am a child of God. Now, the Spirit of God, you see, can work in us that way. He can give us that kind of peace. Paul makes an interesting statement, and I think it has bearing on this whole discussion, and that's in Romans chapter 9. I'm going to read to you verse 1, where he says this, I say the truth in Christ, I lie not, my conscience also bearing me witness in the Holy Ghost. The Spirit of God is working sometimes through the conscience. What is the conscience? Well, first of all, make sure you understand this. The unsaved man has a conscience. The Holy Spirit is not your conscience. Unsaved people have a conscience. Unfortunately, the conscience can be defiled and it, it can just be a, a wreck. It can be evil. It can be seared. It can have all kinds of problems with the conscience. But the Spirit of God will work through our conscience. The Spirit of God can give us uh, comfort and peace and take away the, the feelings of an uncertainty that often are there in the conscience, taking away perhaps the, the improper feelings of guilt that can be in the conscience. The Spirit of God bearing witness 
with my conscience. So the Spirit of God can work personally. But I want you to know he's working personally in the born-again Christian who has met all of these other conditions. If you're grieving the Holy Spirit, then, then God's not going to be able to lead you. You've got to deal with that sin. If you're quenching the Holy Spirit, you know he has brought you under conviction about some matter, but you're not willing to deal with it. Well, then the Spirit of God can't get you where you need to be. The Spirit of God is trying to produce in us this fruit that will guide us through life, love and joy and peace and long-suffering and all of those elements of the fruit. Now, how important is that? Well, let me turn in my Bible to, to 1 Corinthians chapter 2, and maybe you can turn there as well. But Paul was talking about the, the Spirit of God and how God has made known his truth by the revelatory work of the Holy Spirit. And then he's talking about you and me receiving that truth. And so he says in 1 Corinthians 2 and verse 14, the natural man, that's the unsaved man, the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God. The only thing the unsaved man can receive from the Spirit of God is conviction that he's lost. But the unsaved man doesn't receive the things of God. Why? It says, for they are foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. The spiritually there has to do with the working of the Holy Spirit. You and I have discernment. You and I have good judgment by the Spirit of God working in us. Verse 15 goes on and says, but he that is spiritual, spiritual, to be spiritual means you are under the control of the Spirit of God. You are filled with the Holy Spirit. He is able to lead you. So look what Paul says, he that is spiritual judgeth or discerneth all things, yet he himself is discerned or judged of no man. Now, when it says the Spirit of God, or he that is spiritual uh, judges all things, it doesn't mean that all of a sudden you and I can discern everything there is in the world. It means that we can discern those things of the Spirit of God that God has for us. And Paul goes on and rebukes the believers in Corinth in the third chapter because they were not living for God and they were not growing and learning as they should. Now, here's the thing. Do you want to know what God wants you to do? Do you really want to know what God wants you to do? Well, don't wait for the voice from heaven. Don't go to the fortune teller. You get into the word of God. You submit yourself to the spirit of God. You allow him to work in you, and he will gradually lead you as many as are led by the spirit of God. He will lead you. It is God that worketh in you both to will, to desire, and to do of his good pleasure. He'll give you the desires to do those things that please him. You can trust God. God loves you. God wants you to follow his way and to follow his will. And if you really want it, you really want to hear from God, then I assure you God will speak to you by his spirit through his word, he'll get you where you need to be. God bless you till next time.